Girls in the Garage. I'm Natalia. And I'm Lindsay. And today we have a special guest speaker, Meg. Hi, ladies. Hi, hi. This is the famous Meg that we've mentioned several times in our <laughs> podcast. I think almost every podcast, so actually. Um, so we're excited to share her with you today. Here we go. All right, Meg. So we're really yes. excited to have you on. Two weeks ago, we talked about gut health, and yes. we are passionate like you are about that. And we just really want to get it out there, but we really, really want to get down to the nitty-gritty of parasites today. Right. Let's um, do it. But before that, let's just do a little bit of background. So tell us who you are, what you do, what's your title. Just give us a little brief synopsis sure. of a day in the life of Meg. Oh, man. Okay. So I'm Meg, obviously, and I'm a nutritionist, but I have a background um, in nutrition research, and I have my certification in um, nutritional therapy, which is basically like a functional nutrition Practitioner, I also have certificates in nutrition response testing and muscle testing and all sorts of other weird things. I'm, I'm a GAPS specialist, so the GAPS diet, so very specialized for gut health and autoimmune diseases, specifically like those really challenging cases where people can't seem to get answers. That's where I tend to kind of come in. I tend to be a last resort, although I wish people would come a little bit before then, but that's kind of been my niche now for the past several years. So I've been doing this. Um, I started off, honestly, when I was about 16. And so it's been about 16 years now. So yeah, crazy. It's been a long time. It's been a really long time. I'm going to say it. She's badass, y'all. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she is our saving grace. I'm yes, so our honored. Mate. You got it. <laughs> I'm so flattered. That was really interesting, especially because half the stuff I didn't even know existed. So it, we'll have to have you back on for a reoccurring show for or sure. keep encouraging Meg to get her own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we will get it one day. To subscribe. Right. Yeah. So how'd you get here? You, you man. Okay. You guys buckled in. So I was born. We're going way back. Like, we're, Go way back. Our origin story here. Okay. So I was born very prematurely and I was born with a genetic immune deficiency called common variable immunodeficiency disease. So right out of the gate, I was just like a hot mess. So like as a baby, I had all these food allergies and couldn't keep food down. And I was tiny and just had a really weak immune system. So of course, at that time, right, it was the 90s. And it was kind of just like, eh, like, we, we hope she grows out of it. Like, good luck, right? <laughs> so my poor mom, like, I just was always sick. I was always in the hospital as a kid. Had every infection, like things that don't exist. Like I had scarlet fever and like oh, these things oh, wow. that like people thought were like eradicated. Like, <laughs> nope, Meg found a way. Like, don't <laughs> worry, guys. And so, yeah, so my mom really fought. Like we went to every doctor. We were at Cleveland Clinic. We were up at U of M doing all these different things. And it was pretty much just like, well, like just keep tracking on. Like as long as she's surviving. So we never really got a ton of answers. And in elementary school, there was a time where like I was – throwing up almost every day and was obviously in pain. I was a very emotional kid, which in retrospect, I think, because it just like felt really crummy all the time. And finally someone said, oh, we think that she's lactose intolerant. So that was the very beginning. It was like, okay, we removed dairy. It seemed to help a little bit. As the years went on, still just like did not have good health. I started getting diagnosed as a young kid with like rheumatoid arthritis and fibromyalgia and like all these things. I just like didn't feel like a normal kid. So then they found out um, that I was celiac, so we started removing gluten. It was just like one thing after the other, and everything helped a little bit, but nothing really seemed to get me to the point where like I needed to be. 
Um, so my junior year of high school, I missed 70 days of school. I was like really, really not doing well. And this friend of the family basically said, hey, there's this guy up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. He does nutrition response testing. Like you should take Meg up there. And I got to tell you guys, I'd done everything. Like I'd done acupuncture and all these other crazy things at that time, right? Where I was like, we've tried it all. We've been to every specialist. We drove up there. I was not super thrilled about it. And this guy came in, he muscle tested me, he put me on a protocol, and within six months I was like a normal teenager. Like oh my gosh. felt great. Had goosebumps. Yeah, right. Give me goosebumps. Like I was just so impressed, like that he could use he was a chiropractor and he used muscle testing to literally figure out like, oh, you have parasites, oh you have, you know, some of these allergies, but we can fix them. And like I like I remember my senior year, like I was eating ice cream, like I was like doing things and I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm a kid. Like I get to do this thing and I would like go out and party or hang with my friends. It just felt good. Um and I was hooked. That was it. I just became obsessed. I would make them like copy pages about the supplements at the office. I'd take them home, like read through them on the weekends. I just became so enamored with like how could Whole Foods literally just heal me right like it wasn't a medication it wasn't any it wasn't IVs it wasn't anything it was truly just like using whole food and herbs to like get to the root cause so I was hooked in college everyone called me mom because I had a whole closet of supplements <laughs> and I did I knew everything I was always getting certifications as an herbalist even you know when I was 19 always growing you know some type of rosemary or this or that and trying to figure out how to make tinctures it was just all experimenting and trying to make myself feel really good and so yeah one thing led to another and that was kind of my journey in terms of education and I worked on farms and gardens and started nonprofits and everything was always geared around herbs or food or supplements and then of course started working for chiropractors and then yeah went from there so now I'm here that is so cool I think that's such a concept that's missed nowadays is being able to heal your body with whole foods yeah so that's really that's really inspiring can you explain a little bit about what muscle testing is yes absolutely such a good question so muscle testing is literally using your body so like a muscle an indicator muscle we call it um to figure out like it's a biofeedback mechanism really so we're trying to figure out like how can we communicate to the physical body so for example, when you guys come to see me or when I went to go see that guy in Michigan all those years ago, we were using the arm. So you use your arm as an indicator muscle and it's literally just kind of pushing on it to see like, okay, it's a stronghold. I can't push your arm down where if we touch certain dermatones, which are acupuncture points, we can get biofeedback where maybe I'm touching your arm and it's really weak. You have a hard time holding it up while I'm touching a specific, let's say point for an organ. And they use that basically to get feedback. So the type of, there's lots of different types of muscle testing. So if someone says, oh yeah, like I do muscle testing, there's a million different ways to do it. The one that I'm trained in is called nutrition response testing. And it's a guy who's a chiropractor. He was specialized in applied kinesiology. And then he went and studied a ton with acupuncture and Chinese medicine and kind of combined the two. So he figured out that we could actually get more information than even applied kinesiology tells us. So we can actually use these kits. So when you guys come in, we're actually using the muscles and we're going through and let's say, let's pretend that, you know, someone's stomach shows up. I can actually pull out these kits. That's basically these vials of like water with eggs or water with parasites or water with whatever it could be. I've, I've hundreds and hundreds of them. And we put them against the body to figure out like, hey, is this what's causing it? So we're asking the body questions. We're getting answers from your physical body 
so that we can make a game plan as opposed to just kind of guessing. And that was a big thing when I first got my nutrition certification. It was very much like, okay, they come in with this symptom, this is the answer. And it was like, it would help half of the people. And it's like, something's missing. Like there, it, we need that individualized process because you guys could have the same symptoms and totally different reasons for why that is. Yeah, so muscle testing is pretty cool. I'll go ahead and speak on my own personal experience. Early on in our podcast, we talked about how I have endometriosis. I've had it for almost 15 years. You learn to live with it. However, going to see Meg was kind of a saving grace for me because I was having those intense periods and intense cramping, all that thing. Well, Meg did uh, nutrition response testing on me, and my ovaries were the indicator point, right? Yeah, yeah. So she tested me, and then that's when I popped up for different things, different Different, I don't know. She knows the ones and outside. I'm just gonna keep going. Um, they were messed up. Okay. They were, they were working. Anyways, well, through that, we were able to find a good supplement for me that she tested against me that I've now been on for a year and a half, and it's made a world difference in my periods now, how I feel. And for anyone who has painful periods, you know that that is something you truly want help with to yes. live a life that you can function in. I was reflecting on it recently, and I want to be able to see patients when I'm currently on my period or anything like that. I don't want to have those debilitating periods where I have to sit at home with a heating pad. So I'm grateful for you for helping me find supplements to help those symptoms I experienced in the past and to make it better going forward. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I think that's important too. Like what Lindsay was saying, like I tested the supplement or like the different whole food supplement against your body. Because again, she could have come to me and I could have been like, well, you have this symptom, so this is what we recommend. But it's like, that one might not have worked for her. And that's what I think is so cool about nutrition response testing. Yeah. I've said it a lot in the last few, but our bodies are telling us what we need. That's we right. don't know how to listen to <laughs> that's it. That's right. Men can teach us. <laughs> We're going to get shirts made with yes. that on it. Yeah. going to say, we should. Let's do it. I'd buy one. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so let's dive into it. Uh, the reason we brought Meg on is to show her off, too. But also, <laughs> she is so knowledgeable when it comes to parasites. And there is a lack of education on parasites and gut health. And some people think they don't even exist. And hey, to each their own. But I know they exist. That's right. <laughs> I got some on my eye. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we're excited to have her on in... Just kind of give us an overlook of those. So to start us off, what is parasites? If I mean, we're yes. going to go basic and let's build it up. Yes, of it course. No, I think that's such a good place to start. And I think, you know, just like you said, pretty much anyone that has a heartbeat or anything that has a heartbeat, animals and humans, has parasites. Like, it's just part of what is. But, of course, in the world, we know that there are viruses and that there's bacteria. And parasites is just another category, right? So it's a category of something that can be... Um, what I refer to as like a stressor on the body. And they can be anything from something super microscopic, so similar in nature to maybe a bacteria, but with a little bit different function, to something a little bit bigger. So typically when we think of parasite, of course the first thing people think of is like a tapeworm, like it's in my brain or it's in my stomach and it's eating all the food. And that's true, like yeah, there are tapeworms and that's a great image to have of like what a parasite is. But some of them are teeny tiny. We have things like liver flukes, which look like little um, 
rolled up tomato skins. They live in your liver. We Yum. have some that look like, you know, little pieces of rice or sesame <gasps> seeds. We have some that you literally can't even see with your eye. And then, of course, yeah, there's some that are bigger, like hookworms and ringworms and tapeworms that truly look like a worm, right? That's how they get their name. And what they do is they love to hang out in tissue. So unlike, you know, viruses, which we find within like the blood cell or the human cells, Parasites typically tend to be in tissue. So they'll be inside, like they'll burrow into your stomach or your intestinal tract or your brain or your ovaries. I mean, I've seen it in so many things, but they really are very smart at finding ways to burrow into the body so that they can live, right? That's a parasite's job is they want to keep you alive. They don't want to kill you, but they want to kind of be able to suck up some of your nutrients, some of your energy, some of what's going on, and they want to be able to reproduce, right? So that's kind of their thing is to, yeah, hang out in the body and try to live there as long as they can. They want to be a part of you. They do. <laughs> we don't they want do. them. <laughs> yes. We all got them, but hard pass. Yeah, I know. It's a tough one to talk about. And also, like, disclosure to anyone listening, like, we're probably going to talk about poop because it's part of talking about parasites. And I try to be, like, not too graphic, but it is what it's it is. Life. So, Everybody you know what? <laughs> get the book. Right. We're all it's we right. It's right. No shame. Yes. So, Meg, how do people most commonly get parasites? Such a great question. Honestly, it's a pretty wide answer. Anything from eating salad to eating sushi to kissing your dog and your dog's kissing your face, which of course is my favorite thing, so I'm not going to stop doing that. Um, walking barefoot outside, maybe it was something, you know, maybe a horse or dog had pooped out there a year ago and now that's gone but like the parasites are still living there you can get them from um, sometimes other people although that's a little bit more challenging but typically it's coming from environment or food those are the two big ones yeah so they can live a long time right if they can so actually you know what I mean? they can it depends on the parasite some parasites not so much but yeah some of them can live a really long time or they're cyclical right so they're so good at reproducing that's really what makes them so challenging to get rid of because they tend to like exist they have eggs mm -hmm. and then let's say you kill off the parasite a lot of times what happens is the eggs have different protective natures to them so if that's outside or in the dog or in us they are still hanging out so a month later those guys hatch and here we go again and so that's why parasites are really tricky is because they have that cyclical nature yeah it's so challenging dang so if i'm listening and i've never known any parasite symptoms sure say like i don't know what my body's telling me what would maybe some symptoms be that could mean I have parasites? Yes, yes. So within like the medical field, right, the only things that they ever talk about is like, oh, if you have extreme weight loss and you're eating food but you're not gaining weight and that really is the one that that's it. If you go to the hospital and you're like, I have a parasite or you go to your primary doctor, a lot of times they'll kind of blow you off because that's the only symptom that they really see. But we know that it's really pretty a wide range. I mean, anything from, I've seen it where people who have serious allergies, like seasonal allergies will come in, they'll test for parasites. Once we handle the parasites, they don't have seasonal allergies. So that's one. Digestive issues, of course, is like a big, big one. Anything from um, just being bloated all the time or maybe being bloated um, cyclically. So for example, parasites love dark and moist areas. And so they like it when it's nighttime. They like it when it's um, a full moon out, like there's this whole background and um, 
I want to say almost like old wives tales that hold a lot of truth to like the function of parasites. And so when you're looking at that, a lot of times people will be like, oh man, I have one week a month where my migraines get so bad or my cycle gets so bad or I'm sneezing all the time. We have crazy things that show up as symptoms of parasites. So skin issues can be a really, really big one that get overlooked. A lot of kids come in and maybe they have terrible psoriasis parasites like not always but I would say way more often than we give credit I think leaky gut has a big part to do with parasites I've seen I've seen people sneeze out parasites like they do weird things they they can live in your nasal cavity so like if if you're someone who's like chronically having sinus infections we probably want to look at parasites if you're someone who's losing hair I mean there's so many different types of parasites so there's really no symptom that couldn't be probably somehow you know linked back but I'd say the big ones for me yeah would be stomach stuff skin stuff um and allergies one thing we like to say in our little group chat we have is whenever someone's feeling off or acting a little crazy we blame it on the parasites and yes for you know dog mom dog mom whenever Sunny's acting that shit crazy I'm like "Mm, it's his parasites yeah, I, I use that excuse when I go to Target and I find a sale rack. I'm yeah, like, the parasites inside me made me do that. I didn't mean to buy those. Yes. Full disclosure, I have in the last couple weeks I got tested for May. I had parasites, and you guys can't tell if we could zoom in. My eye has been taken over. She blamed me for it though. Yeah, I blame Madison and Natalia because I sit by them in class and I, I feel like their parasites just jumped onto me because I've never had this before. <laughs> Um, that it does it play a bigger role if someone already has an autoimmune disease? 
Yes, that's a really good question. I think it can depend on the person, but I definitely see that people who already have a compromised immune system in some way, if that's either overactive with autoimmune or underactive with an immune deficiency or, or because of a medication they're taking, that absolutely you will see parasites be one of the primary issues. One of the number one things that I always look for is to see how someone's stomach acid is. And so a lot of times, of course, people, you know, you hear people and they're like, oh, I take Tums or I take antacids and oh, I have heartburn and all these things. And just also with aging and with our lifestyles now and how most people eat like the traditional, you know, American diet, it actually suppresses that stomach acid. So then what happens is you're getting that heartburn sensation because your body's trying to produce more and you're like continuing to suppress it or whatever you're doing. But then let's say you go and eat sushi or you eat a salad from a salad bar and it has some parasites on it. There's no acidic barrier now in the stomach. So those little guys are getting through now into the intestines and getting into the colon and different organs. They're burrowing. So that is like one of the very, very first things, not to like jump ahead to stuff that we that I always am looking at is like, do you have heartburn or do you have indigestion? Like what's going on? Because we do have mechanisms in the body that should regulate parasites. And when those start to fail or get pooped out, basically, we have to kind of go in and look at like, okay, why is this happening? Like what's, what function are we missing? Or why is the body not able to kill these guys off? Because they should be able to put the body back into homeostasis. Wow. Aren't you glad we're friends with her? You know, she is so smart. Now I'm just saying it's like your group. You got to look at the group. She, she brings, brings up the average. average. She brings Shut up the average. Stop. It's so good. So... Uh, let's say I'm your patient and we just developed, or we just learned that I have parasites. What sure. would be my next step? Like how do we go about treating that? What would my lifestyle look like? What would we do? Yeah. In terms of lifestyle, anyone that's dealing with parasites, of course, the first thing I'll say is like reduce your sugar, mm -hmm. right? We want to reduce that as much as we can. I still am pretty good about like, yes, of course, eat some fresh fruit or like do a little bit of honey, do your thing. But let's really try to reduce some of the processed foods. Let's cut out things like sushi if that's like a regular part of your diet. And then we're going to try to go in typically with either a whole food supplement or an herbal supplement. And I always tell people with you know, the test for parasites, it's a process, right? So sometimes people come in, let's say they come in for um, candida or something like sometimes it's like, oh, you know what, you take this supplement for a month, you come in with a cold or a virus, right? It's like a week of the supplement. Parasites are cyclical, like we said. So most likely I'm going to add in an herbal or some type of blend or whole food supplement that's really good at killing off parasites. And it's going to be one that I'm going to say probably 90 days, or you're going to have to be on it maybe for six months. Like It just takes time and we want to make sure we're getting any of the parasites out of the tissue that we can. Um, I'm also really big on like taking those either first thing in the morning or usually later at night because they're more active then. So we want to kill them off when they're more active. And yeah, just being mindful, like maybe even adding in, let's say you're a dog mom and maybe we're suspecting like, well, maybe the dog, maybe we'll add in like a, a very gentle herbal or something for the dog. We want to make sure that we're taking care of not just you, but like, where did it come from? Or what are you doing in your life that might be just contributing to that? For anybody listening and they maybe don't know where to turn and some of the symptoms that you mentioned yeah. kind of resonate with them, are there any foods that they could add into their diet to see if they... Yes, such a good question. Yes. So the number one food that I see helps the most is black walnut. 
So that is one, and it's so interesting because black walnut is native to North America, right? So they used to grow everywhere. If you go back up to Michigan and Ohio, they still do. And they used to be part of everyone's diet. And mm -hmm. so up north especially, it was part of like, oh, yeah, you went and you gathered them. And every winter, you were eating black walnuts all the time. So there was almost like this natural process with that. Down south in the tropics, there's usually typically things um, types of different tropical bananas or papayas, for example. So papaya seeds, also anti-parasitic. So a lot of times, if we actually look back at like some of the native cultures or, or even, you know, after native, even if we look back to like our great grandmother's generation, there's usually something happening that they're incorporating as like a tradition at, you know, even at Christmas, right? Like we do all these, the thyme and the rosemary and the basils. When they're all combined together, they can be anti-parasitic. So I'm very big on like include more herbs in your diet. Definitely seek out things like papaya seed um, or you could do the black walnut. Those are the top ones. Holy basil now has a lot of research for it too. But that would be the first step in terms of like foods to incorporate. Mm -hmm. Yes, go that route. That's really cool. Yeah. I know, don't ever believe everything you see, but uh, <laughs> recently on TikTok a couple months ago, this parasite cleanse was trending where they got them off of Amazon. Can you talk about high quality supplements versus sure. not that Amazon's not great. I order off them sometimes. Yeah. Get it. Yeah. Um, but maybe like the difference of if I am listening to this episode and I think, Hey, I have that, where can I go to find resources to get, you know, these different supplements and how do I know this $5 one isn't as great as this $20 one? Sure. Like, what's a good, like, how do you know? Yes. Okay. In terms of how do you know, Obviously, you know, price isn't always an indicator, access isn't always an indicator. So what we want to look at is like quality of the herb or quality of the food. And so you really do have to kind of break it down based on brand and reputation. But when let's say you go on Amazon and you're like, okay, I'm going to buy this black walnut capsule on Amazon at $6. Like, okay, great. The problem for me is a lot of times the really cheap ones or ones that are just posted on Amazon tend to be ones that are pretty diluted. So they, let's say you might have to take 20 of those a day, right, to equal what some of the other brands have put out. So I will say I'm a little bit biased. I, I definitely prefer brands like Standard Process or Biotics. I'm a huge fan of Cellcor. Honestly, I would recommend if you have any interest in parasites, go and follow Cellcor on their Instagram page. They're constantly posting information. They do um, seminars and all these different talks about parasites, but they do such a great job because they have a whole line of different types of, of products that they use. But all of those brands and a bunch more, I'm sure I, I could come up with too, they do testing. They do where they concentrate it a little bit, but it's still safe. So for example, like there's a, I'm a, I like tinctures. That's my favorite way to go. Um, I can give it to my dogs. I can give it to, there's some that are out there, even homeopaths that are so gentle. Now, if you're really on a budget and you're like, I just need something, you can absolutely go on or go to the local health food store and there's going to be parasite cleanses. And as long as it's a blend of like black walnut and holy basil and um, maybe oregano or andrographis or something in there, you're going to be fine. It's still going to be better than nothing. But in terms of like, yeah, if you can, if you can have access to some of these higher quality brands, I always recommend it because it's going to just be better for the long term. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you get it done quicker, if that makes sense. Uh, and it'd be safe for anyone to use, right? Like, depending on, I don't know if age matters, like a child versus an adult or pregnant versus not pregnant. Does, sure. 
does that dosage necessarily matter or is your goal still to get the parasites out regardless no of yeah so it definitely matters so let's say you have a little kid um that you suspect there's parasites you're gonna have to go with a homeopathic um which I don't know if you want me to really quickly explain the difference. So just so you guys know, there's a little bit of a spectrum. So let's say there's homeopaths. Homeopath is usually made from a flower or an herb, but it's diluted over and over and over and over and over and over again. So it's like minuscule. But what it does is when it enters the body, it almost like triggers the body's own response to do that thing. So homeopaths, very gentle, little, I mean, babies can do it, puppies can do it, dogs, you could spill the whole bottle and drink it all, you're fine, right? So homeopaths are like on the spectrum of the most gentle, but still effective. Then in the middle of the spectrum, we have whole food supplements. So things like the black walnut, um, sometimes even figs can be anti-parasitic, like that, those things are going to be really gentle, tolerated for most people. You can't give it to like kids under two, like, you know, you have to be mindful of that, but still pretty middle of the road. And then your herbals are going to be the strongest. So that's where you have to be mindful. Like I wouldn't recommend some of the herbals for someone who's pregnant. I wouldn't recommend them for anyone under a certain age unless it's really diluted. And then even sometimes if you're on a certain medication or have a certain type of autoimmune disease, we might go a different route for you just because we don't want to overload or kill off maybe the parasites too quickly and have some type of like Herxheimer reaction. So that's really the spectrum and you have to just use your best judgment based on the person. That's really helpful. I had no idea. I'm learning so much. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, I'm writing down notes like, okay, my name and your mom. Double check. Yes. Right. Just text Meg. It'll be fine. Seriously. That's our motto for everything. We're feeling off. Should we text Meg about it? Yeah. Like, yeah Maddie's please. not here, but you guys see Maddie. We had our next episode. Our group chat, we're obsessed with Meg. We are. It's, <laughs> I mean, we should call it Meg. We talked fine. about her so many times just on this podcast. I know whenever like, I'm listening, I'm like glowing. <laughs> just like, oh, there's She's my so moment. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> that is funny. Um, so how do people know when parasites start to die off? Like what, yeah. what symptoms sure. do you see? Yeah, when they start to die off, I will tell you, typically people tend to feel a little bit worse before they feel better. Not always, but typically you might have um, some, let's say you have stomach issues and I put you on a parasitic protocol that first day, you might be like, oh no, this isn't working because my stomach's a little gurgly or I'm going to the bathroom and it's different. That's a great sign. Now, I never want people to be where they're not functional or where they really don't feel well, but a lot of times the first couple days where you start a parasite cleanse, you might have a very mild headache, you might feel dehydrated, you might have itching. So that's a really big one for people. I see it, especially if you're a young adult or a kid, they'll call and be like, I'm so itchy. Like I can't stop itching. And that's because the, the parasites are pissed, right? Like you've just pissed them off. You've dropped an atomic bomb on them and they're trying to do anything they can to stay alive. So they might move more towards the surface of your skin to get away from internal organs. They might be producing neurotoxins to make you itchy or to give you brain fog or a mild headache. But really after that, you shouldn't feel that much. I mean, it should be pretty easy to do, but your poop might be interesting, right? So that's the number one thing I always tell people if you want to and if you're willing is, yeah, once you start a parasite cleanse, like maybe just take a peek every time you have a bowel movement because some weird things might be happening. It could be mucusy. It could be like we talked about where you have truly people send me so many pictures, you guys. I have like a whole album of my patients who send pictures of their parasites. And it's crazy, like little spaghetti noodles that they've dug out or, or crazy things. I mean, like I told you in the beginning, I had a, recently had like a three-year-old patient 
and um, he tested for parasites. He's having a lot of behavior issues. You guys, he's been straight up sneezing them out. Like, mom's, like, pulling oh. them out of the nose. That is so satisfying <laughs> to me, though. And also, like, no wonder, like, he was having behavior issues. Poor like, the baby. poor thing was, like, yeah, had these little guys hanging out somewhere near his brain. Like, we don't want that. Oh. So the big thing is just, like, yeah, just paying attention. And the, the first couple weeks that you might notice that there's more what we call drainage. So maybe more bowel movements, more sneezing, more sweating. That's okay. That's a good thing. Your body's trying to get rid of it. My big, big thing though, is if you decide to do a parasite protocol on your own, you have to make sure that you are going to the bathroom first. If you're someone who's constipated and you go to the bathroom every three or seven, I have patients who go every 10 days, you cannot just do a parasite protocol. Like, you guys, you're going to kill those things. All those toxins are going to build up and now you're in a whole different crisis. So if you're going to do a parasite protocol, you have to make sure you're on a supplement or something that's drainage. So if you're doing enemas or if you're taking something that's going to help lubricate the intestines, you have to go. And that's, if you take away anything from this podcast, I hope it's this because truly people will come in and they'll be like, well, I've done a bunch of protocols and I bought this from Amazon or I did this thing on TikTok. That's great, but if you only poop every seven days, like that's not super helpful. That can actually get dangerous. Yeah, then we're getting a toxic overload. So first on your checklist, make sure you're pooping. Yeah, number one. Yes, Um, always pooping. It's important. And go dig in if you feel like it. See what you find. If you want to, yes. It can be really interesting. I think it'd be fun. (laughs) You know, we're on different ends of the spectrum here. I'm not sure. I can't even handle like scooping my dog poop so it's fine yes you do not have to do that by any means and sometimes people get frustrated people who want to dig and they're like I don't see anything I'm like well also our bodies are smart because sometimes too let's say you're on a protocol it could be breaking up the parasite or you could have microscope like you can't always see it and sometimes it's hard to discern too like what's what depending on what you're eating so just have grace and know like the body's very intelligent but as long as we're doing something to push them out they're probably getting out parasites y'all who would have thought they could do something crazy natural buggers (laughs) so because we're a little more of a female-based podcast have you seen parasites influence or affect women's cycles Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely anytime I have someone come in that says, I have PCOS. Mm-hmm. I will automatically, in my head, be testing for parasites. Now, I test everyone for parasites, but I will go out of my way to not just test the whole body for parasites. I will typically go and do the points for ovaries and uterus and see if that shows up. But anytime we have someone with a really heavy period, yes, I will always, always, they are notorious for burrowing into female organs specifically. Like, they really can, you know, they can just get excited. I mean, think about it. It's, of course, everything internal is like dark and damp, but there's something to, right, like vaginally, just like with yeast. And like, that's a place to hang out, right? That's where things can go when your body's not functioning at its best. And so absolutely, yeah, it's one of the very first things that I'll test for for females. I think the first time you actually tested me way long ago, yep. I tested for parasites on my ovaries. Yes, on your so, ovaries. Yeah, and we put you on a homeopath. Yeah, yeah. and we've been, I've been on a supplement called Ovex from Standard Process, which I really like for the last year and a half, and it's really gentle yes. for me. But I know for a fact I had parasites up in there, and now they're on my face. <laughs> <laughs> We're on different ends of the well, spectrum. That's I, right. I that's learned right. this from May. The skin is the last thing that heals, so it's coming. Skin. It's also our largest organ. That's right. Largest organ, last <laughs> thing that heals. Love yeah, we're that. doing inside out. <laughs> wow. 
With parasites affecting women's cycles, can it affect fertility issues as well? Absolutely, 100% yes. I have so many patients that come in that will, you know, have been trying to get pregnant for a year or five years or even longer than that. And I would say 80% of the time, parasites. Yeah, we definitely go that route. Going off of that, I have a personal story that my sister-in-law was struggling to get pregnant with her second baby and they were just kind of at wit's end on what to do. And I sent her Meg's number just mm -hmm. for another option. And lo and behold, she had tested positive for parasites on her uterus and yeah. she was on a parasite protocol. And now, you know, a year later, I have a beautiful nephew, thanks to you. And yes. my whole family gives you praise because we swear you got her pregnant. <laughs> All the so. texts that you guys have sent me over the past year have just been the best. Like I sobbed when like the day that yeah, she gave birth I, and like I, I was part of that journey. Yeah, she did. I she think I got a picture. I was like on the list. Like I remember her giving birth and she's like, I'm gonna send Meg a picture and it was like the same day she had my nephew. Yes. She sends, like and he's beautiful. And so my honest. whole family just gives praise because we just know it it helps so much. And so there's stories out there like that where yes. I know she's not the only one and it just gives us hope that anyone who is struggling find someone who will listen to you and find someone like Meg who can test you in different ways that maybe modern medicine isn't testing right now. There's other options. And yeah. it's crazy that nobody else, especially like our medical field, like yeah. not a lot of people look into this when it's so, so common. Yeah. It's wild to me. I don't it's know. crazy. It really gets poo-pooed. I think it's starting to maybe get a little bit more traction, but I actually had, so in high school, I was having really bad like asthma symptoms mm -hmm. and they were like, oh, you have asthma. I luckily started going to see my crazy new person up <laughs> in Michigan, right? Who was doing all the muscle testing. And I remember telling my primary care, like, no, I tested for parasites. And they were like, no, you did. Like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. I actually was so persistent that they ended up doing a stool test and it came back hookworms, which live on your lungs. Ooh. And after we treated it, I had no more asthma symptoms. And wow. even to this day, like that immunologist was like, oh, like she was yeah, she couldn't believe it. And I think I even said, like, oh, I'll pay out of pocket. Like, just do it. Like, let me do the test. And, yeah, a lot of times they just poo-poo you or they do the wrong test or they just don't take it serious. But there are moments where, yeah, people will be like, no, this is what helped me. And, yeah, I mean, they have to start listening to us eventually, right? Well, everything that you've said, I mean, has been validated. And it's like that test mm -hmm. that they did completely validated yes. muscle testing. Yeah. Like Lindsay says, your body is telling you something. Yes. We just have to listen to it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, it's so important too, because even with the situation with your sister-in-law, you know, people are so hard on themselves. Like, oh my gosh, I'm eating great and I still feel terrible. Or, oh my gosh, I'm doing all these things and I can't get pregnant. Or why is it, yeah, that my kid acts this way or does this thing. And, and I think it's, you know, we have to give ourselves more credit. Like our, our body's talking to us. So let's listen and let's try to get rid of anything that could be stressing the body out. And parasites are on the top of that list. If there's one thing we want to teach you and by having more and more people, we just want to give you more tools in your toolbox to help yourself or seek the care you really need. Like whether it's chiropractic, acupuncture, yeah. uh, nutrition response testing. There's so many options out there that we just, there's not enough knowledge out there. So we're here to give it to you. So obviously we talked a lot about parasites that can be internal. There are parasites that can live externally. So like on the skin or on the scalp, sometimes women who come in or men with alopecia, different things. But one thing that I think is so fun because this is pretty cheap thing to do is you can actually go out and buy like a triple distilled vodka. It can be cheap. 
and you take the vodka and you dilute it. So let's say you take a water bottle, you know, or 16 ounce glass or whatever it is, and you're basically gonna do like two shots worth of vodka in it. The rest is gonna be with water. If you are feeling adventurous, you can do a little bit of baking soda or diatomaceous earth or something, or you just leave it with the vodka, shake it up, and you're gonna put it on a washcloth. And then literally like once a week or once every other week, you're gonna just very gently kind of cleanse your skin with it. But parasites can't live and it opens up your pores for better drainage. So if parasites are leaving your body through sweat glands and things like that, it gives them a better opportunity. But it's something that has been in my toolbox and I always forget to tell people. I don't know if I've ever told you guys this one or not, but it's like it's so easy. Also, um, apple cider vinegar is another one where it's like that one can be, you know, more for yeast, but sometimes with parasites too. And it's like, let's just make sure our bodies are environments that are pretty healthy that parasites don't even want to be in, right? Where it's like, yeah, sure, a couple of them can hang out if they want to, but like, let's keep it in check, right? <laughs> party small. That's right. right. Let's keep it small. <laughs> Is there anything yeah. that you want to add about just keeping your gut healthy sure. all around? Absolutely. Um, I... And trying to think of the best way to say this because I, I can get a little bit on my high horse, so bear with get me, on your y'all. <laughs> so, you deserve the high horse. Yes. I truly believe that when it comes to gut health, one of the best things that you can do is people always come to me and they're like, but I take a probiotic. Gotta tell you, I don't care. Like, I really don't because... <laughs> now, is it bad? No, of course not. But... My number one thing is a digestive enzyme and people get those very confused. So people will, you know, I'll even recommend like, okay, I'm gonna put you on this enzyme. They're like, well, I'm already on a probiotic. It's not the same, right? So probiotic is gonna be beneficial bacteria. The enzyme is what we need to keep the function of everything going properly. And that's gonna be so helpful for if there's a parasite coming through what you're eating, it's gonna keep that in check. So that's one of the number one things, plus it just helps with gut health, it helps to break down food, so that way it's not like in big chunks still in the intestines, your body doesn't have to work as hard, it's just a great thing to add in. So digestive enzymes, number one. The other thing is I'm really, really big, and you guys know this, on red meat. I think red meat and bone broth are like the saving grace from God. Like truly, <laughs> I just think that it's the greatest thing on earth and it's so good for you. And even the digestive process, like our body can actually break it down pretty easily. And I'm actually a little bit anti like raw veggies and things like that. So I'm all for like a salad, sure. Um, everything else, like people, if you're munching on like raw celery and carrots and raw broccoli, like, you know, like the food platters, yeah. if you're doing stuff like that every day, it's so hard on your gut and really can compromise function. So then when you're eating things, let's say those veggies, maybe there are some parasites left on it. They didn't get washed, whatever it may be. They're having a heyday now because you've now disrupted maybe the, the gut lining in there. And so I'm very big on like cook your veggies other than the occasional salad eat as much red meat pretty much as you want as long as it's not super processed like we want the real deal make a burger do your thing um and then bone broth i think is truly so great because we want to make sure that basically the tight junctions in the intestine that they stay really tightly wound together anytime we're you know with parasites or raw veggies or a ton of sugar it actually pulls those things apart and we 
that gives then, you know, parasites can burrow into those little things, no problem, right? So anything we can do to keep that together, um, I'm really big on also filtered water because anytime you have water that has a ton of fluoride or chlorine or glyphosate in there, it's gonna pull that apart as well. So yeah, if you take away anything, it's like filter your water, take a digestive enzyme, and don't be afraid to eat red meat. <laughs> I have Swanson does listen to this because he's gonna be like, see, I don't need to eat vegetables, they're bad for you. <laughs> no, and don't take that, don't take that away either. I'm somewhere in the them. middle. Somewhere in the middle. Just cook them. Yeah, just cook them up. Add some garlic on top. See? You're and they, they taste better salt that way too. Easier. And there's a reason. See, our body tells us like Cooked things sure. taste better, right? Yeah. yeah. Last thing, which of course is so important, is stress. Stress, you one. guys. Don't know her. Stress <laughs> totally messes up the gut and also provides like such a great opportunity for parasites. And so like if you're not sleeping or you're stressed all the time, your nervous system's freaking out all the time, it weakens the immune system. It causes like dysbiosis within the gut. It actually reduces your stomach acid. So it's like it has so many functions, like the body works as a whole system. So that's another huge thing. And sometimes the only thing people need to change is just like, just practice, do breathing, do meditation, yoga, go for a walk, whatever it is. Like, yeah, that's super important too. Don't go to chiropractic school if you don't want yeah. to stress. <laughs> just kidding. Shut up. We'll get you through. We'll get you through. <laughs> well, we'll get there. Almost done. Yeah. Fine. Fine. You just have to recover for 10 years after. Yeah. But it's you fine. got people like me. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I yeah. I yeah, I can't tell you how many supplements are first for finals week or midterm week. I'm like yes. dosing with like eight different tinctures. That's everything. right. Well, Meg, we are so thankful for you to come on today and share your time with us. And I'm sure we're going to ask you to come back because oh, we're not stopping so. here, y'all. <laughs> we're not stopping. This is just the start of it. It's like a pyramid, a ripple effect. We're We're trickling down, trickling up. We're doing all the things. Thank you. Thanks for having me, you guys. I love this. I love hanging out with you guys anytime. Come back. Or you know what? Yeah. I told Maddie this last time when she was here too. We're just gonna make this a round table talk and we're yeah. gonna bring all the powerful women we know. Yes. And let's just yes. create Please. this. We're all gonna drink bone broth. Yeah. Red <laughs> meat. That's right. Yes, go. And not stress. Yeah, no. That's right. Thank you guys for your continued support and love, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Bye. Bye.